It is October 23rd of 1805, a warm but wet fall day. General Kutuzov realizes that it is proper to have his army fall back from Braunau and head toward Vienna. This retreat will involve destroying critical bridges to stop the movement of Napoleon's forces. And those forces are not that far away. This chapter and the next are going to focus on one of those crossings around the River Inn. There's a lot of commotion on a particular bridge that is not far from where the River Inn flows into the Danube. It's a picturesque area with beautiful pine forests, green summits, bluish gorges, along with the majestic stream of the river. Columns of men, along with baggage wagons and artillery, are trying to make the crossing. A bit away from a bridge, on a certain escalated height, we find Nisvitsky, who's of a similar level to Prince Andrei, and who got a lecture from him a few chapters ago not to play the fool. Here, Nisvitsky, along with a Cossack and the officers of a gun transport, were gathered in friendly conversation. Nesvitsky was treating everybody to local Austrian pies along with a spicy rum punch. They were awed by the splendor of a nearby ancient castle. One of the soldiers then directs his sights on a local convent, which gets Nesvitsky to mention how much he would like to slip in there. He's heard it's filled with young, pretty Italian nuns. Another soldier notes how the nuns must be as bored to death as the soldiers are. This bridge is in sight of General Kutuzov and his staff, and also, within firing distance, the French. It seems the men on the bridge can be easily fired on in the not-too-distant future and there's a feeling that movement across the bridge and retreating is way too slow. This is the first time in the book that rival armies are within striking distance of one another. Soon, Nesvitsky gets an order that he's going to have to cross that bridge with all the men on it to deliver a message to a colonel with instructions to essentially blow the bridge. The hussars will cross last, and then the bridge will be destroyed. Nesvitsky sets off on this mission with something of a joke, telling the men he was just breaking bread with that he's off to see the nuns. And on this rainy day, just as the sun briefly emerged from behind the clouds, General Kutuzov ordered that a cannon be tested to see how well the men would be covered with artillery when necessary. This explosion and thrust causes a deafening roar and then whistle as it travels over the head of many of Kutuzo's men toward the enemy. It awakens them to the realities of war and what lies ahead. It's also meant to awaken the reader. But for some men on the bridge, the atmosphere was so crowded and disorganized, they didn't likely hear much of it. Most of them were pushing and shoving against Nesvitsky and the Cossack. Very soon thereafter, the French cannons responded which got the attention of some of the men on the bridge, including Nesvitsky. He was stuck shoulder to shoulder to men with bayonets, and around them were wagons with various supplies. The Cossack realizes it's hopelessly blocked as he notices a bunch of drunk troops marching in the opposite direction, some in a very cheerful mood. Nesvitsky picks up on some of the passing conversations 
One soldier is speaking about how another was hit with the butt of a gun in the tooth on accident. Another speaks about having been fired on for the first time. Nesvitsky also noticed that there's a German wagon who must have received traveling permits to leave as refugees. It's an entire family with two beautiful daughters that many of the men can't help but stare at and call out to, despite the language barrier. One offers one of the daughters an apple, which she takes. The father was scared and was keeping his head down so he wouldn't make any trouble. Nesvitsky then notices some cannon fire of the French, which had landed below him in the water and made quite the splash. This naturally made the troops retreat quicker. Sometime around this point, Captain Denisov, who was on horseback, noticed him and came to his rescue. Denisov had a bold and blustery way that could clear a path in such trying circumstances. He basically yells and brandishes his saber, and the men move for him. Denisov tells Nesvitsky how he hasn't even had time to get drunk and that he's eager to head into action. They were able to make it across, and Nesvitsky was able to deliver the message that he was entrusted with. Part of the literary aesthetic is how the river moves naturally, beautifully, while with the men there is chaos. Members of the same army are moving in the opposite direction, and both armies are about to clash. This exemplifies the realness of life and military life. Nature moves easily, men do not. Tolstoy is also pointing out the clumsy nature of Kutuzov's army, especially at the beginning of this Napoleonic conflict. Napoleon is regarded as one of the greatest generals in history, in part due to his focus on preparation and the rapid speed at which he tried to have his army move. So aptly, Tolstoy thrusts the reader into this confused troop movement where no one is sure what the orders are, where to go, or how fast. So now, Captain Denisov and Nizvitsky are on the side of the bridge where they're susceptible to being fired upon. And there's various groups, including infantry and the hussars, who need to, to cross back in the direction that Nizvitsky came from. And here, some of these subgroups get rather tribal. You can see rivalries play out. The Hussars have a particular style of dress, and most, if not all of them, have horses. And some of them appear to ride together, four across, while interrupting the flow of some of the infantry also trying to cross. Comments are made by some of the soldiers who watch some of the Hussars cut them in line and cross the bridge first. They speak about how their wardrobe is only fit for a circus. Look tidy, lads. Riding four abreast, are ya? What's the use of them? They're just for show. I'd love to see you march without your horse and knapsack. Up there, you look like a bird more than a man. And to this, one of the hussars responds, Why don't you put a broomstick between your legs and ride on a cock horse? <laughs>